This is Marriage is Our Ministry's Candid Conversations, where topics surrounding marriage and family are discussed with a very open and honest dialogue. So sit back, relax, and let's talk. Here are your hosts, Oliver and Denise Marcel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Candid Conversations. I am Oliver. And I'm Denise. I got my lovely bride sitting across from me again. (laughs) I love it. Listen, if you have not checked out the other podcasts, we urge you to do so. Uh, There's several ways to do so. You can go to marriagesourministry.com slash podcast, and from there you can listen to the other episodes. Great episodes. And the point of these episodes is to get you uh, having a candid conversation with your spouse as well. It's important that you talk about certain things and that you're open and honest and candid. And that's what this whole thing is about. This episode is no different. We have a great friend, a brother with us Mm -hmm. uh, to discuss some things that we feel are very important. And uh, on this episode, we have Pastor Paul Graham. What's going on, man? (laughs) Glad to be here with you guys. Um, uh, what, what excited me just now is the fact that when you said my wife was here with me, she chuckled. Like, how long y'all been married? She's still Aww. chuckling? Hey, that's what's up, man. <laughs> you know, you know, this may date myself. I might date myself when I say this, but back in the day, they used to have a, a children's show called uh, um, The Electric the, something, something. But they had a chuckle patch in it. They had a chuckle patch. Some, <laughs> yeah. some, you know, I, I, can't, I don't remember it, but all I know is that she just chuckled. And Aww. if she's chuckling, after you say the word wife, then you're doing something good, brother. Hey, that's what's up, man. I yes. appreciate that, man. We're glad to have you as well, man. My brother from Amen. another mother. Good stuff. We're going to have a great uh, discussion tonight. But before we jump into it, baby, you want to pray? Yes, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to be used um, as vessels through which you're going to speak. We just pray that everything that is said, everything that is spoken will be from you. And we pray that whoever is listening will be inspired, will receive an idea, will be encouraged, and will be drawn closer to you and will just get a closer glimpse of of how you want marriage to be. And we pray that everyone will be blessed. We thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for using us and forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so we're going to get into this. The topic for tonight is sex education from the pulpit. Question mark. Question mark. (laughs) Exclamation. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about tonight. We have, like I said, we have Pastor Paul Graham. Pastor Paul Graham is a phenomenal pastor, a visionary. He is uh, leading God's people uh, the way that they should be led. But let me not speak. Let me let you speak, Paul. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, um, I can only simply say that um, I'm Oliver Marcel's uh, old roommate, and I'm happy about that. That's what's up. In light of that, uh, you know, I've I've taken the uh, the opportunity to really see what what God's vision was for my life. And to say anything about myself, I'm just going to say that I'm blessed. I love what I do. I don't feel like I work. I feel like I just simply present what the Holy Spirit gives me uh, to to to, you know, to show others or to uh, help others with. 
and um, with the different issues that I've dealt with in the past, with the past seven churches that I've had with young people and young adults, um, I feel like a subject such as this gives me the opportunity to um, to share and um, to just simply uh, be God's voice or to be that silent voice that someone could you know, make their next move, but not by themselves, but in Christ. Um, you know, when I when I say when you ask me, you know, tell me about yourself, I can just simply say that I am blessed, highly favored and uh, don't deserve what God gives. So I give him all, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, listen, man, you holding me back. I'm ready, bro. I'm hey, ready. That's what's up. That's what's <laughs> up. Just tell us real quick, though. Um, how long you said uh, seven churches? How long you been pastoring? I've been pastoring for 22 years. Wow. 22, it'll be 22 years. years. Good stuff. Um, Yes, it's exciting. It is exciting. It has its ups and downs, its highs and its lows. But um, I always say this with true friends and real family, right? True friends and real family. It gets you through the tough times of of church life. You know? Okay. So, but but I've been enjoying I've been I've been enjoying the ride so far. Hey, that's good stuff. That's That's good stuff. And let me just say for those of you who are listening. I have been to his church, and we'll talk about that at the end, where he's pastoring and how you can get in touch with him. We'll talk about that at the end. But I have been there, so I have seen firsthand that the Spirit of God is there Mm -hmm. and worship takes place and people leave differently than than how they walked into the building. So it is good stuff. If you are in the Maryland area, make sure that you are paying close attention at the end of this uh, when we talk about where he can be found. All right. So let's jump into this sex education. Right. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. I and babe, you can chime in on this, you know. Tell me your experience as well. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I don't remember. I don't recall ever in any church related function or activity there ever being a conversation about sex. Nope, neither do I. Not at my church. Never. Not any church. <laughs> nope. So, where where did where did your point of reference come from? Sadly, my point of reference was from school and from movies and TV shows and you know your peers at school. Sadly, I think I would say that mine was was as well. What? And we're going to talk to the pastor about this. What I think, I think that if there was a conversation, mm-hmm. I can't say that necessarily things would have been different, mm-hmm. but that I would have, I would have had something to think about. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing to even, there was no other point of reference to, to give perspective. Right. So it, there was no choice for me to say, Hey, well, this is the, right way per se and this is the wrong way per se there was only one way and it didn't come from the church that's right right so pastor talk to us about what you see you know pastoring uh you you pastor a very interesting uh demographic tell us about what you see as it relates to the perspective of sex that's coming from from the pulpit or is it coming from the pulpit well i'll see this much um one of the problems that we have as pastors uh, training for the pastorship 
is that we don't have individuals who are willing to talk about it. And we don't have individuals who have taught us how to talk about it. These are sensitive subjects. It's so sensitive because, you know, when you call yourself a Christian, too many times Christianity is about keeping the blinders on instead of, you know, instead of taking the blinders off to be able to see, you know, the next step or the next move that we need to make. So we haven't necessarily had the opportunity as pastors to to be taught how to handle uh, this sin issue. But um, I'm sorry, we've been taught how to handle it as a sin issue, but not been taught taught how to handle it as a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. Too many, t- too many times, uh, you know, we have our young adults, we have our y- y- young people, even our children. You know, I look at 11 year olds as children, but you know, when they hit 12, they, they can be, they can get pregnant, right. you know? And when you look at this, we are always taught, even from the word of God, you know, I never heard sermons of how good this thing was and how right. blessed it is and how um, important it was uh, to see, to help us to see Christ in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Every time we were taught it or we looked at it, we looked at it as a point of when you do it the wrong way, this is what's going to happen yeah, to you. Absolutely. And, um, it, it makes the pulpit, it makes individuals like pastors shy away from that subject because we're not well versed. Um, we have not found full control in it or everyone sees sex differently. You know, everyone sees sex differently. So in light of that, the pulpit should be the place where this is talked about or the, or this is uh, directed. But it's not because... We have too many views on it, and our views are not more of the blessing on it, but the curse of it. Mm. That's good. That's yeah. good, and I would agree with that. I think that the um, if there was a message that was given, it was uh, not to do it. And so we're, you know, thinking, uh, you know, it's it's something dirty, it's something shameful, yeah. uh, it's something that you know you don't cert- you don't want certain people to know about. Only certain circles are participating, and if you're in that circle now, you are what you are. Um, and that is that is sad. That is. And if I can add to that, the sad thing about what Pastor said is even if pastors were to now attempt to try to talk about it as it being a gift, there are so many of us as members or in the congregation who would be offended and be like, you know, why is pastor talking about this? This is something that we should not talk about because it has never been talked about. Mm -hmm. And then there are, there's the older generation, like our parents and older Mm -hmm. who still think that this just is not something we talk about. Right. It's not something that we should. Because you couldn't, I don't know how we will ever get past that. Right. Even if a pastor were to attempt to, start speaking on it as a gift. I don't know that there would be a way to get past congregation. Well, I think we won't get past it because everybody has already um, made up their minds. Right. They're they're stuck. Mm -hmm. They're already stuck. Their mindset is already in a place where uh, this is how I see sex. This is how I, um, I know it to be. And, and you're not going to change my mindset, whether it's biblical or not. Yeah. You know, um, even in seminary, we had different people ask the question, like, okay, if God allowed uh, a man to have three, four wives in the Bible, then why not now? 
You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So people see sex through their own lenses because they don't even see it as me having a wife to edify a wife or to help a wife or they see it more or less. What do I get out of that wife? Mm-hmm. So um, many times when I may speak about something in church and I may mention something about sexuality or I may m- mention something about sexual usury or I may mention something about the clubs and this, that and the other. There are some people who feel like, OK, why, why bring this out? Why bring it out now? And my biggest issue is bring it out because um, there's no direction for our young adults. Now, I understand kids. All right. right. So kids, kids feel like they do know this, that or the other. Kids feel like they do have a um, uh, they, they think that they know because they watch these television shows. Um, their friends tell them whatever. Yeah. But the but the truth of the matter is is that it's the young adults that have the means of doing this. Kids gotta sneak around. Young adults don't have to sneak around. They got their cars. They got money for hotels. Yeah. They have for um. I mean, they have apartments. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to sneak around. So they're most they are truly the one that's miseducated from a child and then misdirected as a young adult. You see where I'm coming from? Yeah, yep. that's you know? good. That's good because because the truth of the matter is sex is happening. Mm. So is Bible reading. So is prayer. Mm. So is singing. So Mm -hmm. is fellowship. So is eating. All of these things are happening in the church. Mm. And we speak about those things and we teach on those things. We teach on prayer and we teach on faith and we teach on uh, healing and we teach on all of those things. But sex is also happening, uh, if not at the same level, even more so than some of those other things that we teach on. But yet we are not equipping individuals to be prepared to handle that. Uh, Something that is so much a part of marriage. Here's a question I have for you. I have a question for for. Oh, my, my, I'm sorry. You're the one that's asking the questions. Right? I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good, man. Let's do it. It's just a candid conversation. I think a, I think a big issue uh, is that what do you deem as inappropriate, you know, when it comes to that subject? You understand where I'm coming from? Such as you guys have uh, two daughters. You have a son. Your son is going to be what? 11, 12? 11, 12? About to be 13. Yeah. Mercy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The issue is who's going to teach him if you're not. Right. And then, and then if a pastor is speaking about it from the pulpit and he's sitting there mm. for, for parents ought to be able to say that my pastor is, is cunning enough not to speak about it in a, uh, in a derogatory manner, yeah. but in a way where it's if from a spiritual biblical standpoint that when you go home, you can say to your 13 year old, this is now what the pastor is saying. Mm-hmm. You see, the problem is, right? Let me let me let me tell you. The problem is, is that when families in church are in church, number one, they don't sit together. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, families don't discuss the sermons after, whether it be about sex or whether it be about the second coming of Christ. You right. understand where I'm coming from? Right. So, um, when we bring our families to church, we are afraid of what the pastor is going to say concerning that that issue because they don't want to talk about it when they get home. Exactly. Yep. And, and and they feel like it's inappropriate for the pastor to talk about that when Song of Solomon's is an R-rated book. Mm-hmm. You, yep. you see where I'm coming from. Absolutely. Um, but we don't want to talk. We don't want to talk about these things. Truth be told, there needs to be more 
uh, more outlets for our young people, our children, even our married folks mm-hmm. to get an understanding of what sexuality is. Now, please allow me. Mm-hmm. We have broken up marriages today when it comes to intimacy because a lot of our Christians do not know how to funnel their Christianity with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't understand that it's all hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's not spirituality and sexuality. Your sexuality is your spirituality. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm coming from. And um, sex was never given as something that was outside of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Spirituality has always been, I mean, sexuality has always been intimacy mm-hmm. in spirituality. That's why it's only left between a man and a woman who are married to do this. Because if it's any other person, it breaks down your spirituality, it doesn't build up your spirituality. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of times we we keep saying sexuality is for married folks. But what we need to say is when your when your spirituality is where it needs to be and you understand your sexuality, then when you get married, you understand how to conduct yourself. So we we keep we keep um, dividing or what's the right word, sectioning off spirituality and sexuality. So when you get married, you don't know the difference. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. Wow, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Who let the dogs out? I'm so sorry. Those are my dogs. Maybe they agree with me. They're only saying amen. Hey, no that's worries. All. <laughs> they said amen. No worries. No worries. But that's a great segue into what I wanted to ask you next. Because let's say in a perfect world, pastors were equipped and they were there there was classes about this and you uh as as a a part of the curriculum you had to take marriage and family classes or what whatever it is to prepare you for this how much what's the church's role how much can we say how deep can we go obviously we we're in agreement that we have to go deeper than don't do it or deeper than uh i was reading something in uh uh, relevant um, on the relevant website, an article it was talking about some uh, some lies that the church taught me about sex. Somebody wrote an article for Relevant magazine, and one right. of them was saying that uh, when you when you get married, you'll immediately be able to fully express yourself sexually without guilt or shame. Okay, mm-hmm. H- how <laughs> doing what? What if I was one of those people who waited? Till I got married and I don't have any point of reference. What, what fully express what, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody told me anything. Mm-hmm. So how, what's the church's role? How deep can we get? Um, we have kids who are now getting sex education classes, right? Yeah. At, as, as young, even younger than Justin, our son mm-hmm. in elementary school, sex education classes where they're going deep, they're pulling out diagrams and they're pulling out uh, these clay molds and they're, they're going all the way in. Mm-hmm. What's the church's role, do you believe, in that? And how far can we go in, uh, in, in education? I, I think that with, with, um, pa- with parents' permission, because now we're talking about going in. Are you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. Right. There, there, there's a difference between dealing with the spiritual issue in our communities and in our churches there's a difference between that and going in because you don't have to go in in a, in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so when you talk about going in, I think that then you have to be mindful of what's um, appropriate for the ages. You see where I'm coming from. Okay. And, then, and then pulling them aside. Let me give you an example. 
um, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of my colleagues were, you know, they're getting their doctorates. I'm just giving you an example. A lot of uh, my colleagues are getting their doctorates. And, you know, I spoke to my wife the other day and I said, you know, they they were telling me, you know, maybe you should get your doctorate in this, that and the other. And I found that I do more counseling at my church than being a connoisseur on church growth. <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. People come to me and they say, oh, you know, you're doing so great when it comes to church growth. And I'm saying, no, that's not where my ministry lies. My ministry doesn't lie in church growth and getting people in the church. My ministry lies in how do you uh, relate to the people when they come in the church on a one on one basis. Mm-hmm. So so my big thing is I'm not equipped to handle some of the issues of divorce. I'm not equipped to handle some of the issues of um, of, of sexual spirituality. I'm not equipped to handle some of the, the issues on youth, um, you know, youth string and coming back. But I told my wife that I really believe that um, that I, I would like to go back and get a master's in in um, in counseling, mm-hmm. family counseling, um, because I really believe that the church should be dealing with these issues um, because the church is the center point of the community. Please, let me give you one more instance. When I was in school, there was a man, um, um, folks, if you're listening, called James Cone. They call him the father of black, um, of black pulpitary. Um, he pastored a church out of Harlem, and he wrote certain books. Uh, but one of them, which is really good, was uh, called the, uh, the Black American Church. He speaks highly on the Black American Church. And we recognize being sec- second generation or third gen- generation, Advent- I'm, I'm sorry, Christians or uh, or second generation Adventists or third generation or whatever uh, religion you may be. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, is that uh, the black Adventist church or the black Christian church or the black Baptist church or the black, uh, you know, AME church. I'm saying this, say that these churches were the, were the, um, how you say, were the center of the community. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I'm recognized it's not just black churches, but the, the country churches. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, our uh, country churches, whether no, no matter what race you are, it is the center of the community. And here it is that if it's the center of the community, James Cone says we should be dealing with all the issues from civil rights to um, um, to uh, sexual promiscuity to drugs. All these issues should be happening at the center of the community, which is the church. Yeah. You see where I'm coming from too many times. Community centers are becoming that hub instead of churches becoming that hub. Yeah. And um, and if you ever look at James Cone and, and his mentality and what the church should be, it should be the center of the community. Why do I want the school teaching my children about sexuality? Why would I want the local community center to teach my children about sexuality? And if so, they should not be the first tier. You see where I'm coming from? Right. The first tier ought to be the church. It ought to be the family values, and which comes from our spirituality, mm-hmm. not just being ethical. Please allow me to say this. Mm-hmm. Too many times we see our sexuality that comes out of our ethical mindset. Our mm-hmm. ethical mindset is the mindset that says, oh, I should not be doing this or I should not be doing that. Yeah. But it's the spiritual mindset that says why we shouldn't. You see where I'm coming from? Yep. It's, and, and if we don't have that um, spiritual mindset, then the ethical could be skewed by whatever com- the community is saying that's, you know, the community is setting the standards. Let me say it that way. Please let me say it one more time. If, you're, if your spirituality is not where it needs to be, then you become ethical. If you're ethical about certain things, then your standard is not 
God. Your standard is what everyone else is saying in your community. Right. You, you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. So um, I, I really believe and know that the pulpit is the place for bringing about, um, I should say, bringing about an understanding of where our sexuality should be. When I was growing up, there was a lady in church. Her name was Sister Nurse. She now lives in Florida. She used to take all the kids to her house, all the kids to her house from the ages of like 12 to like 15. I remember being 17, being there. And, you know, every other month or so, maybe even longer than that, she would bring us to her house and talk to us about, you know, not just sexuality, but, you know, um, our Mm self-esteem, how we should dress how we should approach a woman. This is a woman telling men how to appro- approach a, 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 you know, how to approach a, a, a woman. And um, that's that that was the only time that we really knew these things instead of in Pathfinders or I should say Cub Scouts or, you know, I just really believe that the pulpit is the place not to spew venom, but to make sure venom is not spewed on our generation. That's great. That's good. That's good. Let me ask you this. Let me not not to put your congregation on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. How open would your congregation be to coming in and seeing in the bulletin on a Tuesday night we're going to have sex education for twelve to twelve and up. Twelve and what? Twelve and up. Sex sex education on Tuesday night. On Thursday night, we're going to have a sex therapy class for for our married couples. Right now, Mm -hmm. this is this is not surface. You know, I'm going to read a couple quotes and encourage you in the name of Jesus. This is anatomy and physiology classes. This is tools and Mm -hmm. tips and erogenous zones and the whole nine, right? How do you feel just personally? You're just looking at your personal congregation. How do you think that that will go over? Um, I would say the, <laughs> I always say this, the rate of your church, uh, is the rate of the, of your leader. Okay. okay? Um, I think that it will go over well with my local church Maybe not with the children, the 12-year-olds and up. The reason why I'm saying that is because some individuals who are parents feel like that's their responsibility, yeah, not the church's responsibility. Yep, and that was going to be what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily mind if if that were to happen, but I do believe that your home, your family, your parents should be the first people to speak to you about, to educate you mm-hmm. on sexuality. Okay. Sure. Sure. But, but, but what I think would be great <laughs> is if the class, uh, now if the church had a class that taught parents how to deal with their children. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's you understand where I'm coming from? Yes. Um, um, but I also would say that your second thought of, having a sex therapy class, I believe my church would be filled. I think it'd be filled with couples because that, you know, and not just young couples, you know what I'm saying? I think that you're going to find your fifties in there also, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and wow. and I also believe that if if you don't if you if you only feel like family life is about how do you feed your family, mm-hmm. your family coming to church, how do you discipline your children, so and so, then you got a sad thing coming. Family life is about how do you make that family. Right. Can I give you one example? Um, my my wife and I we kiss in front of our children, mm-hmm. and, and now I don't mean uh, sexual intimacy kissing. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is when she comes through the door, I give her a kiss. Mm-hmm. When she when I when I'm leaving, I give her a kiss. It, you know, um, when they see us hug each other, they they see us do these things, even if our relationship is at that point somewhat rocky at the time we want our children to know that this is it is okay to be intimate with the one that god gave you you see where i'm coming from Mm -hmm. it is it's not a shameful thing and i think a lot of times as the church speaks even from the pulpit the church never i'm sorry not never the church usually speaks on a level of condemnation instead of uh, affirmation. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Say that one more time. I, I, I believe that the church speaks on a level of condemnation when it comes to sexuality instead of affirmation. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, and I do believe that it is uh, very important for the church to be the front runner as it relates to educating and as it relates to creating a point of reference uh, for sexuality, both when you're single and when you're married. I think that that is, that is key. Marcel, let me, add, let me, add, let me say this, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, please. Sure. I like, I like the words you use say that the church should be the forerunner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I almost want to use another word for young people, for you, for young people mm-hmm. as being the first line of defense. Okay. Because too often when they make the mistakes, they come back to the church, which is already too late. Are oh, you understand where I'm coming from? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. We, be, we end up being the third line of defense. Yep. And usually when we, when we find individuals coming back to the church, it's usually uh, so that their character can seem better than the latter. Yes. Are you seeing where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. When we can, when we can kill all of that in the, from the beginning. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm speaking clearly out of uh, spiritual hypocrisy. <laughs> I don't know how you may call it because mm-hmm. I wasn't taught the right way. Are you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I was just talking to someone earlier this week about, you know, my first encounters. It doesn't have to be uh, sex all the way sex, but my first encounter was people that were in the church. You know, mm-hmm. it was uneducated spiritual individuals with uneducated spiritual individuals mm-hmm. that, that ended up making us uh, uninformed individuals. Mm-hmm. That's how we make our mistakes. Yep. We make our mistakes because we, uh, we're, we're just not, we're, we're not informed, right. you know. That's good. That's, that's good. And so I think, I think, and I'm just going to say what I think about it. I think that, you, you mentioned something early on in the beginning about uh, being equipped. And um, I think that that might be something that may need to be looked at uh, as it relates to uh, curriculum. 
mm-hmm. for individuals doing MDivs and, and, and those types of degrees, uh, looking at a component that will deal with not just sexuality, but just will deal with uh, equip clergy to deal with issues, period. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said, you want to go and you want to do the master's in uh, family uh, marriage and family so, therapy. Uh, family counseling. Mm-hmm. Right, family counseling. Um, have components and electives and things of that nature where uh, clergy can prepare themselves in certain areas. Hey, I want to uh, be versed in drug addiction and dealing with those Mm -hmm. issues, or I want to be uh, versed in uh, whatever. Um, So I think that that is, that's definitely something that is important. Now you, you also brought out a good point in terms of having a class for parents who want to be uh, better equipped themselves in, you know, introducing this to their children, mm-hmm. because I can tell you, I had a conversation with some parents just recently, and they were talking about how uh, uh, their child has uh, switched schools, and now they're in a different environment. And in the first environment, this wasn't an issue, but in the in this new environment, they have children that are their child's age, and their child is in seventh grade, eighth grade talking about girlfriends and talking about, you know, these adult TV shows that they're watching. And the conversation is very different. And all of a sudden the point of reference is changing. And so that parent is finding themselves now having conversations that they weren't even prepared to have. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that gets me thinking, Hey, the church needs to be out front with this stuff so that parents are prepared for this and so that kids already know hey wait a minute i heard what my friend was talking about at the lunch table but my pastor already said such and such and such right. so i know that what they're talking about isn't right that's right that's right you know what i mean that's so right they, so they already have something in their backpack so to speak that they can pull out and be like wait a minute i heard something different last week yep. when i was at church mm-hmm. absolutely so I think that's I think it's good and it's something that we uh we need to have more discussions on man. We need to uh pull some some folk in. I I want to I want to challenge you to uh possibly be if you would like to be a part of a panel that we want to put together to really kind of get to the bottom of this uh with some some pastors and some therapists uh sex therapists out of uh Christian sex therapists out of uh Virginia. Virginia yeah. Um just quick plug if you didn't watch, uh, hear that podcast, those of you who are listening, you want to check that out with Dr. Jessica McLeese, uh, Christian sex therapist. It was a very good conversation. Mm-hmm. But we need to put that together. Uh, and I, I would like for you to be a part of that, friend, if you would like to be a part of that. Man, you, you, you know, asking me. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Hey, that'll I'm, work. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I mean, I know we only scratched the surface on this thing, but it's definitely a conversation for those of you who are listening. It is a conversation that needs to be had. When we talk about candid conversations, this is a conversation that you need to have. If either with your children or Mm -hmm. with your spouse, because there's so many marriages where there are issues sexually, whether it be people dealing with past or 
um, you know, that point of reference thing comes back to haunt you sometimes when you're married. And a lot of married couples don't um, don't know how to to deal with that. Would yeah. you agree? Uh, absolutely. And I would add to that, too, that, um, you know, if you don't you as if you have children and if you don't feel as a parent that you you're equipped to speak to your child yet about sexuality, talk to your pastor. Say, you know, talk to your pastor and tell you, ask your pastor to show you, give you scripture or give you words that you, that will help you to associate sexuality with spirituality. Ask your pastor to talk to you on, on how to help your child make that connection. You may not be versed. I know that I wouldn't be versed in talking to my kids about connecting the two. So talk to your pastor first. Get educated through your pastor first about how to make the connection so that you can then convey it to your child. That's good. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about. I would also go a step further to challenge pastors, clergy who are listening, to develop relationships. If you don't feel like you're versed, develop relationships with counselors, with Mm -hmm. godly counselors, with godly sex therapists, Mm -hmm. with individuals who you know will be able to come alongside you and that you would be comfortable and you have vetted them and are and are uh, comfortable allowing them to stand in front of your congregation to help assist you with those things. It's a team effort. Um, Pastor talked about the whole village concept and uh, and the church being at the center of that. Uh, what better way than to uh, to come alongside and, and to partner and network with uh, individuals who can uh, give you that type of assistance what do you think about that uh, man let me let me tell you something i think that when when it comes from the pew it it makes it gives it more credence than it coming from the pulpit mm-hmm. okay if, if the pew say i am wanting this we need this mm-hmm. it, it would force the clergy or force the church Hate to use that word force, but they'll force the church to or, or the clergy to begin talking about some of these issues, hitting these issues head on. Mm-hmm. And um, and I strongly believe that one of the reasons why we as pastors are afraid to talk about some of these things is because we don't know how it's going to be accepted. Mm-hmm. So so maybe it's best that we probably do surveys, yeah. you know, um, uh, and, and see how this will work because I'm going to tell you this much. If you put it out in your local paper or you put it out in your local community that you were doing this at the church, the folks in church will probably not show up, but the folks in the community probably will. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. Cause, and, cause, cause people are looking for, there are people who are looking for answers. There are. That's right. There are. And they don't know. I don't think that as a church, we have, put ourselves in a position for individuals to even look at us as an option. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's sad. that's sad. It's messed up. People don't even think to look at us as an option. You know, I'm not thinking, Hey, let me go to my church with this, with this is for, for assistance with this issue. One, because we're not putting ourselves out there Two, because historically we, because of our point of reference, we don't know mm-hmm. how to handle somebody coming to us with that kind of situation. Come on, man. We're not equipped. We're not equipped. We're not equipped. And and when you're not equipped, you start to make 
bad choices. And so now you're not dealing with the issue, but you're gossiping about the issue or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, something that's negative and it's not positive. And then that's where the condemnation comes in. Right. Yeah, this is good stuff, man. We we might have to have a part two on this, man. Whenever you're ready, man. Whenever you're ready. In to. fact, I would say come over to my side. Come over to my side. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and, and do boot camp where people can watch you talk about it so they can see your facial expressions. Let's do it. Let's set it up. <laughs> Let's set it up. Speak, uh, I, 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 I love you guys for really bringing some of these family issues to the forefront. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of people see marriage uh, counselors as people that just deal with marriages. But what, what we're talking about is that if marriages are strong, your community is strong. Absolutely. You know, and 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 um, I really feel that when you're hitting these subjects head on like this, it gives the clergy the opportunity to say, hey, it's it's not about what you want. It's what about God wants for the family. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, before Eve showed up on the spot that God gave him some instructions on how to take care of her and um, and how to deal with her. And it's a shame that in this day and age, we won't give our children and our youth and our young adults and our married folk instructions uh, on how to be happier in life, you know, th- you know, through this gift that God has given us. Amazing. Amazing. That is great. That is good stuff, man. We appreciate I, I really could I really could keep this going, but we, we, we definitely will have to do a part two and that's a good idea. Maybe we'll come sit down and uh, sit down with you guys at Full Circle Ministries um and uh and talk about that because this is something we really gotta look deep into this and a lot of other things as it relates to uh marriage and family because we do so much stuff on the surface mm. and then we, you know, then we try to, we have the audacity to be alarmed mm. when individuals, families, marriages and families are falling apart. Mercy. They have nobody to talk to. You can't be alarmed. You know, mm. we have to, you know, we, we are responsible yeah. you know, for that. We're responsible for that. So this, listen, speaking of full circle ministries, um, yeah. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, uh, the name of your church, where you're located, how how they can get in touch with you, and give give us some you know tell us some things you got going on. Well, right now um, I'm enjoying my. I always say this: I do two things. Number one, I work for the the conference, so that so to speak, I'm a, I'm the senior pastor of Restoration Praise Center um, out in Bowie, Maryland. Uh, what I do there, this is what I do there, and it may sound a little crazy. Well, what I do there is to present the vision that God has for the people and for the people to relate to God, mm-hmm. uh, understanding that he is their everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so what I do there at church is to not uphold a, a, a remnant religion, but also give the people something to live with or to you know, throughout the week. That's what I see myself as. I see myself as a messenger for the people. That's that. Um, outside of that, I, I have a ministry called Full Circle Ministries. And one of the two things that we're doing right now is right now I'm putting together a uh, 2016 uh, devotional. It's not really a devotional book, but more or less it is a, um, <laughs> uh, wow, it's, a, it's called a page per day devotional. Mm-hmm. And what that basically is, is that um, I, it came from the idea of I woke up 
one morning and I decided that, you know, I was going to make my bed. And for the whole month of July, I made my bed. And I, I had this habit now that in August, I made my bed. And then all of September, I made my bed. And so during the month of September, I said, wait a second, if I can make my bed, which takes two, three minutes every morning, then I can definitely read a scripture and have a small devotion before I leave. So the question for myself all of, of, of August was, did you make your bed today? Really, it's not really, did you make your, your physical bed, but did you set the tone of your day for, 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 for spirituality? And so right now I'm working on that. Hopefully it'll be done at uh, the end of October, which is um, just a, just a, and people are sending in their beds, pictures of their beds made up. Um, and you'll have a scriptural verse on there January 1st. And um, it just helps people to get up and make their beds spiritually. You know, yeah. uh, another thing that I'm working on right now basically is um, in the month of October here, I do Bible boot camp. And Bible boot camp basically is getting up five o'clock every morning, five to five thirty to just simply have a devotion. And people are able to just watch online at PastorPaulGram.com and uh, 30 minutes of music, of a word of prayer. And that's it. We just start the day And this and this um, month of October. Uh, it's uh, it's called walking with the Psalms. So we're just going to be going into the Psalms and just, you know, um, and just uh, pushing individuals or I should say encouraging, not pushing, right? Encouraging individuals mm-hmm. to just uh, have a, a strong devotional life. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Man, that's good, man. That's excellent. Restoration Praise Center. And boy, for those of you who are listening, if you are in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, that is a church that you need to find yourself so Restoration Praise Center, what's the uh, website for that? Uh, Restoration Praise Center is uh, rpcsda.org. That's RPC, Restoration Praise Center, rpcsda.org. Excellent. Let me ask you something, man. I, and mm-hmm. um, I, I hear, and this is for, for the, the single folk listening, I hear that you um, also, this guy, let me tell you something. This guy's got a lot going on, very gifted got a lot happening i hear that you have something um for the singles what's that all about (laughs) um yeah um it's something that i haven't really put out there um you you know like uh, big time advertising and what have you but um i have so many singles that i've been dealing with in the past seven years that last year my wife and i decided to let's let's do something crazy and um we have a website a, a dating site which is called adventmingle.com. At this point, you know, we have about maybe uh, 300 people that are online. Um, Some are free, a lot are paying, but we don't want it to be $20 a month, $20 or $15 a month. We said seven is a perfect number. Seven is that uh, standard number that God always uses. So we want to do $7 a month for for full access for anyone who would like to just – form their own groups, talk to individuals, um, you know, so it's Advent Mingle. Some people think that is Advent Mingle because I'm an Adventist, but no, Advent was used as looking forward to, looking forward to mingle with individuals. You see where I'm coming from? That's good. I like that. So, uh, you know, some people want to get together. I've got certain calls that maybe we should do a, a campaign 
you know, a big campaign and what have you. But right now, I just want to get through that devotional, you know, that devotional book mm -hmm. and, um, and really get through October where I really want to strengthen my own life and help others to strengthen their lives. And after that, I would really like to move forward and do a major campaign for Advent Mingle. That's good stuff. So singles, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, you will not see me on that website. Uh, <laughs> however, I encourage you, if you are single, to make sure that you are uh, involved with that, adventmingle.com. Uh, I'm Advent married. That's right. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm very looking forward to uh, everything that marriage entails. Everything. Everything. Did I say everything? Yes. Right. Listen, man. She's chuckling. Brother. Chuckling hey, that's what's up, right? Good stuff, right? <laughs> my brother, it was great to have you. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. I know you're a very busy individual. Thank you so much for taking this time out to uh, to be with us. All right. It was definitely my pleasure. Definitely my pleasure. That's good, man. We're going to have to have you back. Um, like I said, check us out. MarriagesAreMinistry.com. Make sure that you're reading the articles. Make sure that you sign up to be a part of the Marriages Our Ministry family. Make sure that you are connecting with us on all of the social media outlets that we are a part of. You can do all of that through the website, MarriagesAreMinistry.com. This is Candid Conversations. We enjoy having you with us. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your ear. This is Oliver. And Denise. And until next time. God bless. God bless. This has been another episode of Candid Conversations. Make sure you visit www.marriageisourministry.com for more engaging content as well as other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Until next time, God bless.